for this, our Good Friday service. I've entitled this brief meditation, Why Do We Call This Good Since Jesus Died on Friday? I was just yesterday at a soccer game for one of my children, and one of the ladies from the school where my kids attend said she had a very similar conversation with her students where one of them said, why is it good if Jesus died? And I suppose that's a most appropriate question. Why do we call this Good Friday? Well, if you thought about it just a little bit, you of course know the answer to that question, and that is Jesus didn't just die. He was raised from the dead, and good becomes great. We ought to call it Great Friday. Yes, it's a time of sobriety. It's a time of seriousness. It's a time where we all contemplate the ignominiousness of the cross, the death of Christ. We read in Matthew's Gospel of this spitting on Jesus and mocking Jesus. And certainly those are things that grieve us. But Isaiah 53, as I read it to you, said that it pleased God to crush him because of what it ultimately produces, and that is our salvation through the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I've been thinking a lot about what I might say, not only tonight, but on Sunday as well, and I'm thinking so much, not just about the death of Christ, of course, but also about the raising of Christ from the dead. Because using our 21st century vocabulary, it's a package deal. Jesus, yes, did die. But He didn't just die. If He only died, we'd be attempting to worship a dead Savior, and that just wouldn't do. We worship a living Savior because Jesus died and rose again. And so while there's an appropriate sobriety, while there's a somberness to that which we celebrate because of His death, there is great joy because we celebrate the risen Jesus. And in order for us to do that, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter chapter 1. And I want you to see how this Jesus Christ was dying on a cross for sinners, but also rising from the dead for us. In Romans chapter 1, for instance, notice how Paul puts together both the death and resurrection of Jesus and also speaks about our death and life as we move through some of these passages. Notice how he begins in Romans 1.4. Jesus was declared the Son of God with power, notice this, by the resurrection from the dead according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ 
our Lord. In chapter 4, verse 24, But for our sake also, Romans 4.24, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because or for our justification. You see what Paul begins to say in Romans 1 and here now in Romans 4 is that Christ died but was raised from the dead. And it was for our transgressions, and He was raised, He was resurrected for our justification. Look at chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Death, the death of Jesus, and life, the life of Jesus. And I believe that's referring principally to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, His resurrection life. How do I know that? Look at chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we have been buried with Him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Death and life. Our death because of our sin, His death for us, and His resurrection from the dead so that now He has life and we have life in Him. For if we have become united with Him, verse 5 says, in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Look at verse 9. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Paul sees death and life, death and life, the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. In verse 22. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit, resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. Did you realize that you only have eternal life, not simply because of the death of Christ, but also because of the life of Christ, the resurrection of Christ? For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, verse 23 says, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We might need to confess something. We might need even to confess something as the Bible church. Maybe even on Good Friday's past. Maybe we've emphasized the death of Christ on Friday 
but we've not emphasized the corollary, the life of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. This is a night for celebration. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Look at chapter 8, verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. We have eternal life. We have life in Christ. We have a life of righteousness. And we even have a life of sanctification and holiness through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Yes, He died. But He was raised. And because He's raised from the dead, you and I can have life in His name. And I suppose that's why Paul, being the preacher who brings us to a decision, to a commitment, says this in chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you want to be saved tonight? If you're not saved, you can be saved. How are you saved? By acknowledging that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Did you see it there? If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, how is it that He is Lord? He's Lord because of the coronation. What is the coronation? That God has declared Him Lord even as He raised Him from the dead. It is the death of Christ. But it's the resurrected life of Christ that if you confess with your mouth that because He was raised from the dead you worship Him as Lord and if you believe that you will be saved. Oh, I trust that you are saved tonight. And if you are, it is because of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why we celebrate communion tonight the Lord's Supper, that He died, that He was buried, and that He was raised again from the dead for our justification, our life, our eternal life, our holy life. And that's what we celebrate even now. Listen to a wonderful quote from Adrian Warnock in his good, excellent new book, raised with Christ, how the resurrection changes everything. Listen to what he says. As a young child, I asked my father a series of questions one evening as he put me to bed. This is the conversation as I remember it. Why is Good Friday called good? Because Jesus died for us. But why was it called good when someone died? Because he came back to life. But why is it not Bad Friday and Good Sunday then? I somehow instinctively knew that the cross could not be good news without the resurrection. My dad then explained that sin led to punishment, something I understood as a child growing up in the 70s. 
Jesus, unlike us, did not deserve to be punished by death or hell. I could be forgiven only if I accepted the grace of God. The offer seemed almost too good to be true. In that moment, a rather one-sided deal was struck between me and God. I offered Him my sinful heart and surrendered to Him, and He gave me the gift of His righteousness. Because of His sustaining grace, I have really never looked back. If you can say that tonight, whether you're a member of the Bible Church of Little Rock or not, you celebrate communion with us, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you'll see there the very famous passage regarding the Lord's Supper. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul writes in verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We do this because Jesus Christ did die and was raised from the dead and we don't have to wait until Sunday morning to proclaim that to you. We proclaim it without hesitation and without fear, believing and knowing in our hearts that amidst the doubters of the world who don't believe in resurrection, we do. And we believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and our own eternal life is being staked on that very belief. Do you believe? If you do, let's partake together. You know, it's interesting that in this time in which we celebrate also the, the cup, that in 1 Corinthians there is a declaration of the gospel. And here's what the gospel says. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, Paul says, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. And do you know what Paul does? right after he says these things, right in this chapter. He says in verse 12, Now if Christ is preached that He has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. When he says, Of first importance I proclaim to you the gospel, what is the gospel? That Christ died. 
that he was buried and that he was raised from the dead. Coming right out of that gospel presentation, the very first thing that Paul emphasizes is the resurrection of Christ, not the death of Christ. As Don Carson once said, the final verdict, the vindication of God the Father to Jesus Christ was not his death, but it was his resurrection. That's why the two are so tied together. May we tie it together tonight as we celebrate this, the Lord's Supper, by partaking of the cup. Now the daylight flees, now the ground beneath quakes as its maker bows his head. Curtain torn in two, dead are raised to life. In 1 Corinthians 11, where I left off, Paul says, In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is the cup emblematic of the blood of Christ, sacrificed for us, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Oh, this glorious cross. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, again, whether you're a member of the Bible Church of Little Rock or not, you're one of those who could say triumphantly, I will be raised from the dead because Jesus, my Savior, secured it by His own resurrection. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? If you do, partake with me of the cup. Father, we are woefully, inadequately proclaiming your death and resurrection. But in our hearts, we ask that you would see inside that heart so that we might be proclaiming, praising, glorifying, celebrating what we have just done. This, the power of your cross. Lord, may we, in fullness of joy, proclaim Jesus' death until he comes. Thank you, our Savior. In your name we pray. Amen.